Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. Hey, my friends, it's Brendan Burchard, and welcome to another episode of The Brendan Show. Ambition, ambition, but too many of us back away from it because it got made bad, right? I was scared to have ambition because you know what? If you have ambition too big for your britches, people start insulting you. 
Who do you think you are? Oh, you think you can do that? You don't even have any skill at that. You think you can do that? You haven't even had their training. You don't have the degree. You don't have the experience. You don't have the background. You don't have the social following. You don't have the environment. You don't have the money. You don't have the bank account. You don't have the credit. You don't have... (laughs) And people start puking on you when you share your big dream with them. You're like, hey, look, no, listen, I'm trying to go up here. This This is where I want to be, right here. I got this dream, it's huge. I got this ambition, this dream, this hunger for more. And immediately people seek to see whether or not you are qualified. And they judge you based on your past of qualification versus your present of how you show up. I don't judge anybody on their past. Actually, let me see how you show up right now. Because everybody in this room, how many of you all screwed up a bunch in your life? I mean, oh man, I'm such a screw up. It's so great. We're all screw ups in some ways or another. But how are you showing up now is the question. How hard are you willing to work now? What's the discipline you're willing to put in now? Yes, gain that knowledge, skill, and ability. But your ambition, everything I do, everything you see me do at a public level, I had the ambition for a mission, but I didn't have the skills to do any of this. Everyone thought I was crazy. I'm going to leave a safe job out of grad school, I got a safe corporate job. I would say a safe corporate job, but it, it was a good job. And I liked it. And it was a good job. And it had a clear, a clear a sort of a, a very clear path to rising. And I just didn't, I had something else I wanted to do. So I quit that job and everyone else said I was crazy. I wanted to go write books. I had never written books before. I didn't know how to do that. And then I decided my first major book was going to be a work of fiction, a book called Life's Golden Ticket. And I'd never written a parable before, but I remember reading The Alchemist and being so inspired by Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist. You all read that book? I hope you all read that. It's now the seventh most read book in the history of the world. It's unbelievable, right? So I, and the longest running book on the New York Times in history is now The Alchemist. And I remember reading that book and I thought I related with the storytelling in it. And I wanted to write Life School and Ticket, but not tell my story, my accident, but rather tell the story of a character going through change. And I got this blessed meeting with a big famous author in San Francisco. And I was so excited. I mean, because I'd been wanting to write. So I went and had this big meeting with this big fancy uh, you know, author. I wore a suit and I got all dressed up and I was so nervous. And I sat and I talked with this person and he's hearing me describe very passionately why I want to write this book and what my life's message is about second chances. Because Life's Golden Ticket is really a story about second chances. And so I want to tell a story about second chances. And I was so excited. And I'm telling him, and he goes, so wait, this is your life's message. I go, yeah. And he says, you're really passionate. I go, yeah. And he goes, but you've never written fiction. I go, no. And he goes, Brendan, I'll never forget. He goes, Brendan, do not risk your life's message on your freshman effort at fiction. Fiction's hard. I I admire that you want to write this book and that's your dream and that's your ambition and that's your goal, but you don't know how to do that. Ambition's really hard. People go to writer's conferences for their lives. They they get creative writing degrees. They, like he said, everyone in this building, I mean, we spent decades trying to figure out how to do fiction and and you're just gonna come and write this fiction book. I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you need to write a nonfiction book. And what happens is, we have this big aspiration, but because we don't know the how, sometimes, someone tells us you don't know the how, so what do you do? If you don't know the how, yeah, you minimize it. You drop it back down to here. Maybe you drop it back down to here. Maybe it's like, here. 
It started up there, but you didn't know the how, and you let other people drop that down. So I listened to the guy. I said, okay, I, I guess you're right. I, it's true, it sounds logical to me. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So maybe I shouldn't risk my life's effort. So then I spent two and a half years struggling in San Francisco, trying to write Life's Golden Ticket as a nonfiction book, and it just, it was like pulling teeth. I, I couldn't get it, you know, it wasn't working. And then it was so frustrating, and I was like, I, I need to figure this out, because it was the time I was about to leave my job and everything, and I was putting everything at risk. I said, okay, the timing all turned out, went back to my childhood home where I grew up, tiny little home, tiny little bedroom, writing on my mom's sewing room table at the time to complete the book. And in 18 days, I said, you know what? I gotta stop trying to write the book they told me to write and write this book that I feel like I should write. And I started all over from scratch, complete scratch. 18 days, all I did, I got up, my mom made an amazing big breakfast, I'd eat a big old breakfast, and I'd write, and I'd write, and I'd write. But dad would come home from work, we'd go play racquetball. I'd come home, I'd write, and I'd write, and I'd write, until it was so dark and my eyes hurt, it was so late, and I'd get up from my desk and I'd walk around my childhood neighborhood where I grew up, and my school, and my elementary school, and the playgrounds we'd play in, and then I'd go back, go to bed, I'd get up and I did the same thing for 18 days. That's it, 18 days. And at the end of the 18 days, life's golden ticket was done. Submitted it to, thank you, thank you. It was 18 magical days. Uh, if you've ever read the book, there's a huge surprise at the end. I didn't even know that was coming. I did not see that come. I mean, sure, so however shocked you felt, imagine me, I was writing the book. I was just typing along, watching, I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> I remember I finished, I'm watching the movie, I finished the book, I'm like, whoa, can that even happen? And I literally got up and I was walking around the little desk and I'm like, can that character, did I do this? I gotta, and I had to go for a walk just to think about if the book could even end because I didn't know the book was about to end. It just ended with that scene and I was like, oh my gosh. So it was a huge surprise to me and I knew it was magic. I knew it was magic. We put it out there, 21 publishers turned it down. 21. My agent still jokes to this day, he only told me about 19 of them turning it down because he didn't think I could take the other few more that came in. <laughs> turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. Finally, boom, HarperCollins gets it. An editor who happened to edit and publish a, another book called The Alchemist <laughs> fell in love with Life's Golden Ticket and gave it a shot. We put it out there and I got this dream to be this big author. I'm going to go. We launched Life's Golden Ticket. I have no idea none what I'm doing. Put the book out there. We get a bunch of quick early hits because I had all these promotional partners uh, in these nonprofits we were donating money to who supported the book. Got it out there, boom, charts on Amazon, really great. Next week, no one's buying it. <laughs> totally, I mean, this ambition just keeps getting stomped down. No one likes your book. Big author says it's stupid. They're all turning it down and it doesn't sell. Think about what that can do to your psychology. Think about me now saying I'm a writer after the book doesn't do well, after everyone turns it down, after they say don't do it. Think about that, how, where that could have directed me. But your ambition is your own. And your ambition has to be free from all of that negative. If that's a real ambition, you gotta own that ambition. Psychologically, I was a writer. I said I was a writer. I said I was a writer on days I didn't write. 
I said I was a writer on the days they all turned me down. I said I was a writer when that guy who was a big name fancy writer who'd been on all the big shows, including Oprah, told me I was kind of crazy and I walked out of his office all dejected. I was still a writer. Sometimes what really gives us the greatest amount of motivation is when we got the guts to actually allow ourselves to tie some of our identity to what we're doing. And we're told not to do that because it can bring discouragement and heartache. But the counterintuitive things is high performers to a T, the top 15% who I interviewed, they said, oh no, they were comfortable tying up their identity in what they were doing. They were comfortable. It didn't mean it always turned out great. It didn't mean they always felt great, but they were comfortable owning it, right? They were comfortable owning what they were doing. They owned that, and because they owned it, the motivation was there. Because you know when the motivation isn't there is when your ambitions are half-ass. When you kind of want it, you kind of don't. And that's why you kind of work for it sometimes, and sometimes you kind of don't. Because psychologically, you haven't allowed yourself to own the ambition, to feel it inside and say, that's part of me. I'm going to make that happen, come hell or high water. I didn't care the first book. I said, name me the next book, name the next book, name the next book. Didn't matter to me. I was going to keep on that ambition because it was important to me. You've got ambitions important to you and your family and the people you're serving, and it doesn't matter what I say or the person to your left or right says, if you own that ambition, you pursue it and you pursue it with full heart. And when you pursue it with more heart, that ambition, that keeps sparking over and over and over. You don't have to rev yourself up because it is you. If you're ready to take your life to a whole new level, make sure you grab my book, High Performance Habits, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. It's available on Amazon right now. And when you order your copy, you're really supporting my channel and the message. And you're also getting a book that will reveal to you 20 years of my research into what is it that helps people go to a new level of success in their life. What does it really take? What habits are proven to help you reach long-term success in your career, your health, your personal life, your relationships. It's called High Performance Habits, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. It's available on Amazon right now. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life 
you'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Hey, it's Brendan. And I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and, and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post. We can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I wanna jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi, it's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does 
all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.